millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today is Chidera, a.k.a. The Sunflower. What a what a top dude. What an extraordinary life as well. 18 years old. Starts a blog. It starts off as a fashion blog. And then before you know it, it's exploded. She's an influencer. She's now a best-selling author. Huge social media following. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but... And we cover this in the chat. I'm not the target market. But as I say to her, I read a new book and I absolutely loved it. And I was able to quote swathes of, of favourite sections of the book. And I, and I think the two of us in this episode, without getting too, uh, you know, without bursting into We Are The World or anything. I, I think Chidea realised that, I think because she's such a beautiful writer and because she does understand the human condition, perhaps maybe even better than she realises. And I don't, when I bring up P.G. Woodhouse, uh, I, I don't do that lightly because I, I can't think of any writer, certainly not that I've ever read, who understands the human condition better than Woodhouse. So when I say that to her, that I, I mean that as the, the biggest compliment. And, I, and I, I think what I'm getting at is, I think Shadera was pleasantly surprised by by what the book meant to me and um, how it clearly resonated with me. Because when she was writing the book, um, I, I'm sure that a 41-year-old married father of two was was <laughs> i can say with certain with absolute certainty actually i'm not the person that she had in mind um so it is aimed at it is i should say when she started writing it it is aimed at women and and, and young women about dealing with a breakup i've, I've hyperlinked uh, as ever the uh how you can buy the book in the episode but as i say to her I think pe <laughs> more people than she realizes will love this book because she understands uh, the human condition. She understands what it's like to have your heart broken and is then able to articulate so beautifully uh, what that means and the impact it can have on your life. But then also how you come out the other side. I, I really enjoyed this chat. Her, her new book is, is absolutely wonderful. Anyway, here she is, the, uh, the glorious uh, Chidera, a.k.a. Slumflower. I've always lived in South London. Yeah. Do you still live Peckham now? No, I moved to Woolwich, so I'm still south. 
but I'm just by the river. Right, okay. The change that has taken place in Peckham. Oh my goodness. Because if you if you if you're to any listener who when you think of Peckham you think of only fools and horses, it's <laughs> cha- I mean it's it's cha- it's come a long way since then, hasn't it? Absolutely. I heard they were going to build a, a Soho house in Peckham, you know. That was a rumor. Hang but on a minute. I mean, it was that... a rumor, but that sounds like a very timely and quite close to truth rumor because Peckham is changing so much now that I wouldn't be surprised if they built a members club there. I think once you add a Soho house to Peckham, then that is uh, you, you've completed regeneration. I believe <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's Move on to the next. Place. Sorry, gentrification. I, I should say. Um, so what I've done with the book, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I uh, copied and pasted quotes that I loved into notes. Yay! Well, no, because what I've done is I've essentially oh. copied and pasted the entire book. Wow. So it's, <laughs> you could, if you wanted to sue me for plagiarism, oh, I, I, you've got me banged right. Don't worry, I'm coming for your neck. <laughs> to start off with, a couple of times when I, when I read the book, regular listeners will know that I cry if someone opens a bottle of lemonade. Oh my God, what's your star sign? Why do you cry? Gemini. <gasps> oh my God. Go on. I'm a Gemini moon, so I relate. Are you quite emotional as well? And I go from like extremes to other extremes, and then I rarely find my middle ground. But right, you're singing. I feel it all. To, you're singing to the. I mean, what is all that about? Feeling it all. I mean, if I watch songs of praise in the right frame of mind, I'll be. Oh god, so I'm happy for you. <laughs> you know, um, so go on, please, please explain because I, I can totally relate. In, in what regards uh, you, you you feel it all? So Gemini, as a sign, is yes. ruled by the planet Mercury, and Mercury governs communication. So that's why Geminis are often quite talky-talky and Geminis love to read and explore things that widen their knowledge and they just love to talk so much about their ideas and just chat, chat, chat and they're often overstimulated by their environment as well. But if a Gemini happens to be emotional, then it means that they tend to slide from one extreme emotion to the other. But it doesn't mean that they're necessarily unable to balance themselves. It just means that they feel things in quite an adventurous intensity at times. And to other people, it just looks like you can't make your mind up when really you're weighing it all up and trying to figure out where you stand. <laughs> so if my wife was here, like, this is aimed at me and not you, why why am I so insufferable in that case? Oh, that's because you're a man. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That Nothing was, to do with being Gemini. That was, that was like we scripted that. I mean, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> We everyone write a sitcom together. Yes, that, we're on the same page. That now, line everyone. is how we. Uh, mm-hmm. That line is how we start with. <laughs> well, um, so the first quote: therapy really helped. So I'm. I, I've been in therapy for crikey about fifteen years now. So a lot of this book, um, so much to talk about. But th- therapy really helped me to realise that behind all my behaviour is a massive map. Now, I'm with you. I'm with you on therapy. Can could you just say a little bit? Because I know. I know. Even now, even in 2020, and I do feel that progress is definitely being made but for a lot of people it still feels like such a big leap doesn't it to actually uh embrace therapy yeah because people are a lot of people project their own fear of seeking help onto you but it also depends on who's projecting that fear so for me in my personal experience when my family found out i was going to therapy they actually understood it as a betrayal. Like, their own sort of reflex, knee-jerk response at the time was, you're telling your therapist bad things about me. That was the first thing that came to mind. Obviously, later down the line, they I assume they were able to see the nuance in why I chose to go to see a therapist. But for a lot of people, they might see you going to therapy as you 
telling someone bad things about them and then you now developing new coping mechanisms that distance you from that person. So that's why some people might be scared to say they're going to therapy. But other reasons why there's a stigma against therapy is this idea that in media, especially movies, when we see someone going to a therapist, it's often after they've gone through something like going to war or going through a really painful divorce or witnessing someone get murdered in front of them. So it means that most people see therapy as an extreme last end resort rather than understanding that therapy matters wherever you are and it's always important to check in whether you feel 100% because sometimes with me there are times in my therapy session where I'm just having a laugh with my therapist and telling her all about my day and that still is a way to release and process you don't have to always be crying or be Mm. bereft to see a therapist um can can you share a bit about what what role is it as it I know a lot of it is in the book so I, I do know but our listeners might not what role that's played for you and, uh, you know, what, what doors it might have opened and, and, and how it's helped you? Because on a personal level, I've found, I've found it thoroughly life-changing. I can't, you know, I can't recommend it to people enough. But, yeah. You know, I uh, just wondered what your... I, I'm going to use the word journey. I know we're not on the X Factor, but what your journey... <laughs> My journey, I'll be in the over-25s category if I was on X Factor. <laughs> how funny is that? <laughs> My journey as a contestant in therapy. Well, with therapy, what I, what I found is that it's shown me so many sides of myself I otherwise wouldn't have seen because your therapist acts like a mirror. They hold a mirror in front of you. That's their role. They're not here to give you advice on what to say to your boyfriend. They're just here to show you what the possible consequences of your your decision or behaviour could be. They're here to always relate your behaviour in context of how much they know about you because there are some things you might have told your therapist that You've probably forgotten you told them, but they held, they held on to that because they can see links between certain things that you wouldn't always see because yes. you are in your body and you're yeah. in the experience. So you don't always have space or time to be constantly observing and analysing and unpacking every single thing. It's okay to have someone else hold the mirror from behind you and then you can kind of see over your shoulder. And there's things that you... You probably don't even realise mean a certain thing. You can say something in a session that you th- you think might be irrelevant, but that can be the thing that the therapist will point out. And it's only when you analyse that. I mean, it's there's so much good stuff in there, isn't there? Yeah. Like with my therapist, sometimes I might say something and there's a way that she might kind of laugh under her breath. And I know that she's she's laughing like that because she's probably observed something, but maybe she doesn't feel like it's the time to pick to point at that behaviour. But me seeing her laugh makes me think, oh, she's seen something, which means that now that's a chance for me to go away and unpack that on my own. So sometimes it's like, even if even if you just see someone point out something, that can be them pointing you in a whole different direction. So your therapist doesn't have to have yeah. the answers for them to be able to really help you because all they're doing is just redirecting you back to yourself. Did it inspire to get into other things? Again, um, yeah, there's, she got me into so many books that I wouldn't have other, otherwise discovered. I got into yoga off the back of... Oh, amazing. Yeah, uh, uh, but I mean, because I, mean, I, I wouldn't want anyone to think that going to a therapist is just that single thing in isolation. It, it The things no. it can branch off to are, are, are vast, aren't they? It's so exciting because part of why I love therapy is that the problem that I came with isn't even the problem we're discussing now. <laughs> so that 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 is gold. That is absolute gold. That's so true. And it's true. like a good yeah. thing, and not necessarily a bad thing, but it's like it's a good thing because at least it, it shows that everything passes in life. But also, 
It just means new problems, like new side of yourself, new problems, new things to examine, new things to unpack, new ways to view yourself in relation to fallouts of other people. Like I go to my, literally it's reached a point now where something might happen between me and my friend and I might feel a bit taken aback by it or feel a bit stung. And my first reaction is, oh, I've got some tea for my therapist. Can't wait to tell my therapist what happened. Can't wait to fill her in on the latest, <laughs> almost like the latest episode of Love Island. Yeah, my yeah. therapist, she's like, oh, so what's new? What's happened now? And for me, that's good because I get to process it with someone whose priority is really helping me see the truth in the situation and helping me get to the purest version of myself. So that by the time I'm ready to talk about it with other people, I've already kind of processed it. So I'm not speaking from a place of bitterness or still feeling raw in that emotion. And sometimes that's important too, because we can do damage to our relationships if we don't unpack before speaking. Christ, I wish I'd met you in my 20s. Ah! That, is, <laughs> that is absolutely true. Now, um, I mean, what you've, you've, you've achieved so much in such a relatively short space of time. Now, when, you know, you're 18 years old when you start the, when you start the blog, what, what, I mean, I, I cannot, I can't relate that. And I'm so fascinated <laughs> to uh, hear the answer. What I can't relate to is the explosive nature of, of what happened. You become this, uh, this, this figurehead for, for so many people. How, how did you get your head around that? Well, I had to disappoint my family. <laughs> Go on. So what I mean by that is I had to eventually show them that for me to see the success and the positive outcome from my work there has to be some rebellion here because it's not that my parents didn't want good for me but it's that they wanted me to be a version of myself that requires me having to be smaller and I can't be small and excel like I have to be large in everything I do including being myself so the disappointment just meant me choosing myself over choosing a version of me that they that they created um and it meant that I had to sacrifice the safety of having people who love you and support you and that wasn't easy but it felt like the sacrifice was worth it because I know that no matter what they see from my work they know that it's come from me working really hard and they know that at least I'm living in my full truth as a person because when I first started my blog theslumflower.com it was just an innocent like fashion blog where I'd post where I got clothes from at a discounted price or from or where you can get charity shop replicas and then I eventually felt like I wanted to use my online space allocated to me on Twitter to just shout into the void because everyone is shouting into the void and I don't think anyone's voice is more important than anyone else's but I noticed that my shouts into the void were being heard by more and more people and they were seeing themselves in my story and I felt like well this would be awesome if I was able to write a book one day and thankfully my literary agent at the time found me through Twitter and that's how it all began so I didn't even send out any pictures or anything i was just using twitter as my place as my linkedin essentially and then i posted four screenshots of the preview pages that i'd made because i designed the first book what time to be alone in like in design um before my team later refined it and helped me with the layout and structure of it but most of it was just all me just doing this off the top of my head and being like this could be a book one day and i believe in this and i was hard-headed enough and it paid off so you actually put the book out there, those first four pages. You made yeah. that yourself in design before anyone came knocking. So you threw that out there. Absolutely. Jump cut to now, you know, here we are. I mean, that's that's inspiring stuff, isn't it? It really is because I believe that you should, you should, if 
the world is always going to be full of people who don't believe in you. You need to at least be the one person who says, I will be different. I will believe in you. Like, you need to be that for yourself. And you'll be surprised how many more people will believe in you when you start to believe yourself. I'm going to repeat myself. I wish I'd met you in my 20s. Oh. But I mean, the stuff, <clears throat> it's, really, it's really powerful stuff. The, the things that you've worked out and the conclusions you've come to, people can go through a lifetime and not work that stuff And out. that really the, scares me. The importance of being authentic, the importance of being yourself. People might get to their 60s and say, yeah, you're right. It is, it's is so scary. scary. That probably scares me more than death itself because death actually motivates and excites me. The concept sure. of knowing that we don't know how long we've got here and every single... Every single moment of our existence has led up to exactly right now. And all we have that's tangible is right now. And even that passes. So <clears throat> with that in mind, that should that constantly inspires me to try and be as much of myself as possible and to try and pursue every idea to the fullest extent that I can. But then what scares me is knowing that there are people in this world due to other pressures that are on them, due to things that they were never able to unpack or examine from their childhood, that stopped them from seeing the other side of their self that they could have been. Like I imagine that in a parallel universe, we are all the we are all our favourite version of ourselves in a parallel universe. But for us to cross over to that universe, it requires us being able to have access to tools that will help us do the work. But not everyone has access to those tools for various reasons and it's just heartbreaking to see. Um now I'm a big fan of the Brit school. I took my... Yay, I went to the Brit school. Well, so I took my... Now, she's now four, but I took my daughter to a, a show there. And everything about it is just wonderful. You know, again... It's that sort of it's that sort of place. It's it's uh, it's magical. It's track record speaks for itself. The sense of, of community. I mean, again, I'm like... Oh, it's God. so cute over Each there. Each day I it live. Yeah! Um, but... <laughs> May, may, may I ask what what uh, what role did that have on you? Uh, what impact that made on your life? What what role that played in uh, creating the you know the, the, the person I met today? So what's funny about the Brit School is while I was there, I joined when I was sixteen, left when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. A lot of the artwork that I did when I was at the Brit School is what's in What a Time to Be Alone which is so cute because at least it meant that all that time I spent making that work, it didn't go to waste. Because at the time when I went to the Brit School, I went there to study visual art and design, BTEC, National Level 3 Diploma. Um, Gosh, that's a long title. (laughs) (laughs) But shout out to my BTEC crew. And even though it was a performing arts school, why I was really adamant about going to the Brit School is because I wanted to be in an environment where... I'm surrounded by other creative individuals absolutely, who are in the performing arts space because as much as I didn't have aspirations to be an actor or a singer or a performer, I still wanted to be in an environment that harnessed that type of talent. And what I loved about being at the Brit School was that the priority was acceptance. The Brit School has a really strong policy against anything anti-LGBTQ+, which is incredible. Mm. Um, but also that environment was what made me realise that it's important for me to be myself and I was surrounded by so many individuals who were so different and there were people who, like Ella Eyre was in the year above me and she was in musical theatre and I'd always see her and I'd be like, oh my God, that's just like so cool that there are people doing musical theatre, there are people walking around in the canteen in tights and hoodies because they're the dancers. Yeah. It was almost like a scene from High School Musical minus like the extra dramatic parts. But 
I loved being there because I was able to just see what individualism can look like in so many different alternative ways. Where, where does this, um, I mean, maybe you don't know the answer, but where does this understanding of the human condition come from? I think, you know, as in I, my understanding. Yeah. I mean, I think of someone like PG, when I, when I read PG Woodhouse, I, th- I always think, I don't know who that is. You're, you're in for a treat. <laughs> but when I read PG Woodhouse, I think, God, that's, that is someone who just gets, gets, the, gets the human condition in, the, in a way that I've never. And then reading your stuff, I think, you know, I know you swore then, but I think, uh, but same sort of thing. Is, wow. is that innate? Is that is that self-taught? You know, At this much... point, I need to, from what you've just described, I should start calling myself a philosopher. <laughs> well, call, call yourself the 21st century PG 21st Woodhouse. 21st century PG Woodhouse. Shout out to PG Woodhouse. The returns of phrase that he uses, and I just think, oh God, that's so good. But, you know, similar sort of thing. I mean, I've got, there's plenty more things I can, <laughs> I can read out uh, from your, from the, from the new book. Um, where where did that come from? When did when did you realise that you had this gift for being able to encapsulate these emotions that we can all uh, relate to? Well, what's interesting is that I'm a, my star sign is Sagittarius. That's what most people would call your sun sign, mm-hmm. and Sagittarius as a sign is the bearer of knowledge. They're here to spread the word. They're here to seek more and more knowledge. They're here about. They're here for philosophy. They're here for unpacking ideas and generating progression. So that's part of why I feel like I have this constant zest to share my ideas. But then on a deeper level, I think it's because I I have a way of processing my experiences and emotions in a way that I feel like is sort of like a gift. Mm. And I would put that down to, I keep on going into astrology because it does help to contextualise it and for anybody listening who is into astrology then you know get into this um the fact that I'm a Gemini moon means that like Gemini is the best place for you to have your moon I believe even though some people might not agree because it means that you're really good at understanding your emotions and speaking about them but then I'm a Libra rising and your rising sign is how you come across and appear and present yourself to other people and it also determines how you dress as well so Libra risings tend to be really keen on dressing quite nice quote unquote they like nice things they like to be liked by people they want to be agreeable it's a sign of balance the literal scales so it means that you're good at listening to other people's experiences and finding a common way a common ground to negotiate upon you're quite a peacemaker as well so with the combination of the three signs that i've just described you would i could basically be described as a diplomatic knowledge sharer who loves to talk about their ideas um and i feel like if you know how to do something and if you're able to explain it in a way that reaches people and they can actually apply it then why wouldn't you sure so i will always find a way to still want to encourage people to just seek their favorite version of their self i mean this this new book i mean uh it really, it really comes from the soul. Sometimes when someone's had a big hit early on, you can, I, I don't need to know names, you can tell when when certain books have felt like a contractual obligation. They're trying yeah, to like, it's like re- a second album yeah, pressure. Like, oh, <laughs> Whereas this book, you know, every, I, I feel every word, you know, every oh, word. I'm so yourself. glad because it's called How to Get Over a Boy and I never would have expected it to connect with a man in the way that it would connect with a woman. Are you, I'm I feel surprised. like this is the equivalent. Mm. Like, 
I feel like how to get over a boy, if a woman holds it up, it's the equivalent to a priest holding the Bible up against the devil. Like, get away from me. Get away from me. I'm holding how to get over a boy. Like, I see it as a male repellent because most men would be like, oh, how to get over a boy. Yeah, I bet this is a book about man-hating when it actually isn't. <laughs> I'm so surprised. Honestly, I'm so surprised. Um, I, I, I genuinely, I sound like I'm your uh, PR and, I, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, I'll polish up my CV. Um, but I would actually say, I'm not trying to, sell any more copies of the book uh, you, you, you know that that will uh, that, that will um, speak for itself but I would say that anyone who's gone through uh, a breakup and you know what not just a breakup anyone who's going through tough times and needs an arm around the shoulder and needs you know a lot of it is, is like a great motivational speech so there's, there's things that jumped out from the book that I wasn't. I didn't necessarily relate to because of a breakup, but but certainly because things that I've gone through in my life and there's certain passages wow. that that I found really powerful. But that wasn't intentional, I'm guessing. Then I'm so, it wasn't intentional at all. I really, <clears throat> I, my priority was that it connects with women because I don't really see men as people who are socialized to engage with their emotions in the way that women do which is why i always feel You've never like, met me before <laughs> right so i'm shocked and surprised in the best way um men are not socialized like women are so the last thing i imagine a man would do would be to go out of his way to look at to investigate and examine the ways that he contributes to patriarchy and misogyny that's the last thing a, a typical guy is going to do um but it's great to hear that there are men out there who connect with the book. And that's what I, that's, that's ideal. Like, it's it's nice to see that there are men who do want to seek knowledge of self. Because I believe that knowledge of self is the most important knowledge you can have. If you know yourself, then you're able to understand other people. Because we have more in common than we have that makes us different to each other. The listener can't see this, but I was nodding so much that I nearly nodding got... Nodding profusely. I nearly got R, <laughs> RSI there. Um, in fact, going back to the therapist, my, one thing my therapist said was... Uh, Quite recently, she said you've gone on this. Uh, you've gone on this exploration of the of the self, and I would say to Ooh. anyone who uh, is going through a tough time, it's 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 easier said than done, and it is hard to get to that point. But when you are at that point, and I'm referring to your book here, where you are able to um, accept the fact that this is an, this could be an exciting thing, this is an opportunity yes. <clears throat> to embark on this journey of the self, rather than going through the pain and the and the turmoil. And again, I know it's easier said than done, but. Um, <sighs> There's real positivity to this to this book and, and what you've been Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thank you. I agree. And till this day, there are still emotions that come that feel quite unnatural to me and feel a bit scary because the scary thing is acknowledging that you feel hurt. And in certain situations, you might feel like it's not your place to be hurt or that you kind of caused it so it's your fault and fault is I consider fault a bad word because fault means okay you're worthy of a bad thing happening to you when you internalize the guilt yeah but the thing is pain is still pain and I've learned from my therapist that if it's there just acknowledge it and let it be there for as long as it needs to but at least when you acknowledge it it will go away when it's ready to go away and it will not return again because you've accepted it and processed it and let it pass through you and for me as well, when I'm met with new feelings that kind of challenge me or make me feel a bit off-centre, like you said, I, I also like to see it as, well, this is kind of exciting. A new side of myself has been unlocked. Yeah. Let me try and familiarise myself with this new side of myself because once I'm familiar with this side of myself, I'm now even stronger and I now know more about myself, which means I now know more about people and I now know how best to navigate more complex characters because I'm accepting my complexity too. I mean, there's a there's a lovely passage from the book here. I hope you like this. Me quoting back. Uh, Please a bit do. From... <laughs> if you ever feeling down, give us but a call. Like I'm in court. Can you? Uh, can and you... this is the part where you say. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is this is towards the end. It's about three quarters of the way through. You still. I mean, this ties into what you're saying. You still have your whole life ahead of you. So there's an entire horizon of experiences waiting for you to live them. Endings and ne- and endings are new beginnings. I mean, that's. You know, and again, I really do think, regardless of uh, of gender or you know anything really, if you've gone through something, to read something like that is, uh, you know, you're really lifting people up here. Uh, I really know. hope I continue to, because endings are new beginnings. Mm. If anything ends, that's the room for something new to start. It's like after a forest fire, you've got all this bare land, but it's fertile land, and it's going to grow something new again. Oh, so... hang on a minute, that was good. Huh? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I'll have that on a tea towel. Oh, my God. Yeah, forest fire, tea towel, coming right up. Sunflower merch. With my, yes, with my face smiling, saying, don't worry, a forest fire is a good thing because it means new plants are going to fertilise and grow here. Um, but genuinely, it's like trying to understand that everything eventually ends in its own way and it's okay for you to pick up somewhere else because you're going to be a new version of yourself. You're going to be a whole new person. And also one experience does not have to have to determine the rest of your life. One person does not have to be the only person if it's not working. It's okay to accept that it's not working. It's okay to just try something new, but it's also okay to just be with yourself for a while. You're not wasting your life away by not experiencing it with someone else in an intimate way. At the time, you know, things that you talk about in this, in the new book, are you now able to, have you, are you able to process enough where you can look back and go, you know, at the time it would have obviously been remarkably painful. Are you now at a point where you go, actually, you know what, that's metaphorical bullet dodged there? Wait, I don't get the question. Well, so for example, I, I think, if I think of 
a painful breakup at the time. Oh, God, oh how can yeah. I, I'll never get over this. You know, <laughs> and then in yes. the fullness of time, I can go. Woo! That was a close one. Yeah, you know. I wrote about that in my in my book, um, where I talked about the different relationships with guys that I've been with. Um, one which was what most millennials will refer to as a situation ship, which is basically a relationship with blurry slash no boundaries. Um, and that's confusing and complicated because you don't really know where it ends and begins. There are no defined lines. It's just very whatever happens, happens. And I don't like things like that because communication is very important in anything. And it, I think love does need conditions and boundaries for it to be safe and for it to benefit fit those involved and when I was involving myself in situationships I didn't make room for that because I was just trying to use the comfort of other people as a way to avoid the responsibility of being with myself and it's not that those people weren't valuable to me at the time but it's that I when I realized that there was something that they somewhat wanted from me it made me resentful and angry but writing about it and knowing that other people will relate and be able to heal from it has helped me release that emotion ever since. I mean, I was single for, for 12 years. Whoa. 90, I've written down 1997 to 2009. How was that for you? Um, I mean, it was such a long stretch of... I mean, yeah. you know, look back now, it, it, it feels like an eternity. No, Basically, not, you were like the equivalent of being single for like a decade. That's like... Yeah. Whoa. So many things culturally must have happened during that time and you were single that whole time. I mean, man went on the moon for the first time. No, I'm you were... <laughs> I'm so very old. Um, but no, but I think but it is an all right. Maybe my my example is too extreme. But um, being single is no, but is no, but <laughs> I'll tell you what though. When it, mm-hmm. if, like, if there was a if there was like a, if a relative was getting married, it used to be uh, okay. Sarah, you you bring your husband. <laughs> Alex, you bring your husband. Helen, you bring your husband. James. Anyway, Sophie. Ah! You, you know what I mean? So, yeah. but, I mean, but um, it's not all. You know, it's not all. But you know, incredibly positive things can come out of. of course. You know, and it is important to properly get to know yourself as well. Yeah, and your life still had value even when you were single. Like it's not just like a period of your life that just is just blank because there wasn't anyone else there with you. Because a lot of people they have someone with them for twelve years, and that was havoc, chaos. They spent that whole time being a version of their self that wasn't true to them, probably spent that whole time disassociating from their self, probably spent that whole time projecting their woes onto each other. So it doesn't really make much of a difference anyway. And also, and you touched on it in the book, there's no point in... Because we, we all know people who have to be in a relationship at all times. But, I mean, that's that in itself is a form of... I mean, a phrase used, it's a form of prison, isn't it? It really is needing to... Be with someone, not from a place of, I have so much wonder and love to give. I hope I can share this with someone one day. That's very different from, why hasn't anyone chosen me? I feel like I'm lacking something. I should be with someone by now. Because when you are seeking love from a place of desperation, it actually repels it. And anything that you do attract is what's not meant for you. Yeah, it's so annoying. And you'd be thinking, well, I have everything going for me. I'm young. I have great hair. I have a great degree. Why am I still single? But that desperation is what's repelling people. The people that you do attract when you're in that desperation phase are people that are going to be really bad for you. But when you are still single, but from a place of abundance, acceptance and genuinely enjoying where you are, that's when you're at your most attractive. Because it's it's the same reason why people are attracted to people that are taken. You have you, you emanate this sense of contentness that you're not looking for someone because you have someone. But when you have yourself, you still have someone. So you can still emanate that same contentness, which will make people so drawn to you because you have this expression of, I know something you don't. I have something you don't. And that makes me interesting. And you do want to know me. 
and you mustn't have that um that mentality of oh that'll do you know you, you mustn't ever make it you know far be it for me to impart wisdom but that that is one thing i've learned um it, it has to be right doesn't it it has to be right i say no to things or it's not just in relationships this applies to your friends and work especially in my work there are so many things i say no to just because it didn't 100% feel right and i have to go with that feeling because in the past when I've ignored that feeling, there have been dear consequences and those consequences are there for a reason. So now when I get that feeling, I follow it and I trust that my judgment is right because I've come into this lifetime with the tools required for me to get through this this earth, this experience on earth. I have hands and feet to manoeuvre the earth. I have ears to hear. I have hair on my head so I can feel when the mood is, move, wind is moving around me. Like I have all these things. So mm. my intuition is just as much of a tool as my fingers. I need to trust it and believe that it's working for my benefit. And if I get that feeling with people, it doesn't have to be a situation where I cut them off and like, you never talk to me again. You're bad vibes. It doesn't have to be that. It can just be that I find a polite way or a strategic way to limit the time I spend around them or slowly distance myself from them because I know that on a long-term basis, basis this isn't going to work and it might disappoint them now, but they'll eventually get over it. I'm just one other person in this world amongst billions. Um, there's, there's, uh, I know time is an enemy, but uh, <laughs> there is... There's a, here's a line that made me roll a tear and I'd like to know how hard it was because every word in this uh, sentence... Uh, is is perfect, and uh, as I say, this this was one where I had to ask if someone was chopping onions. Oh, um, I'd and I'd love to know how how this was to to almost pull out of of yourself. <clears throat> Here we go. Let's get through this. When I look at myself in the mirror, I sometimes catch a glimpse of the little girl. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> Who was, I, can't, I can't even do this. Who was raised to conflate this. fear with respect due to cultural norms and existing in a world. Oh, 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 here we go, Palace. Let's do this. Uh, due to cultural norms and existing in a world that already tells girls that I've, I've got two young girls. And I think this Aww. is part of the reason. You know, you know, back to Labby Sifri. Something inside. It's so, so strong. strong. Um, <laughs> due to cultural norms. Uh, honestly, I, I hope you. One thing to take away from this is that I, I, men will relate to this. Book. I, I, oh, I'm so glad. That's my, that is my gift from from me to you. Uh, to conflate feelings, but due to cultural norms and existing in a world that already tells girls their feelings are automatically wrong. I mean, I mean, what a beautiful. Please, can you just you. Uh, share with us the the the, the, the process? Because to uh, to even have that thought is powerful. To be able to put it onto the page in such a way. It, as you can tell it, it hit me for six <laughs> thank you so much well I've spent my whole life being gaslighted since I was a child and for those that know being gaslit means when someone tells you that your reality is incorrect so you spend your whole all those years you should be, you should be spending building your self-esteem and finding your place in the world as a child it's spent going back and forth trying to figure out if you are allowed to have feelings or not and that was very hard for me and so now that I'm 25 and I'm now able to process it in what I would consider quite healthy looking back it's so sad that I know that there are so many people who go through that where they spend their whole life just doubting their reality and they will never have the self-esteem they deserve to have because somewhere along the line someone taught them that they're not allowed to have feelings and if they do have feelings they'll be punished for having those feelings and you do grow up with that and if you aren't able to come across a scenario or a person or a situation that allows you to unpack and examine that you'll go your whole life not noticing that and 
our ideas of self-worthiness are taught from other people because when you're born you aren't you don't come in with a sense of I am whole I deserve to be here you're just born with the sense of survival and it's up to the people around you who are nurturing you to teach you that you are important and valuable and that you are allowed to question the world around you but if you aren't taught to question things even those who are in positions of authority like your nurturers then it means that when you get older as well anybody who represents authority to you whether it's men teachers or people that are slightly older than you by like three years you might cower or defer to them or never ever speak up for yourself and so ultimately we we should see a world where young girls from the moment that they are born are raised to understand that they deserve to take up as much space in the world as anybody else and they should question the world and they should absolutely be suspicious of men they should be because men are responsible for what the world looks like and what I find ironic is um when women speak about men's violence it's men saying well not all men but when men are speaking to their daughters it is absolutely all men so men are aware when they're speaking to their daughters but when they're speaking to women who are adults or other women or just hearing women in general speaking about their uncom their lack of comfort towards men then it's not all men. So men do know and women should be taught to be suspicious and still carry yourself like you deserve to be here. I'm also, a few times when I was reading the book, I, I mean, my, my girls are too young to read it now, but I did think when they are of a certain age, when they hit those mid to late teens, this this is the kind of book that I'll be... Um, Yay! Yeah, like absolutely. a like a, a coming a- of age gift. You get how to get over a boy. I'll be passing it <laughs> to them like a like a, a baton. <laughs> Take this, run away. No, no, they, they're never allowed to leave the house. They, they, they don't, they're the rules. I'm sorry. Now, be, to, be, now before you go, uh, you've, you've been doing some uh, live shows to you know big, big, big numbers. Are there any uh, dates that you would like to plug them? What can people who get a ticket? What can they expect? Well, so I just did my first ever live show mm-hmm. on Sunday, sold out six fifty seater yeah. capacity venue, which was so amazing. Right. It was one night only though. I wanted it to be special. So at the moment, not you, now. I do sound like your PR. There's no plans for it at all. <laughs> well, we'll have to see what the future holds. But I do see myself doing a lot more speaking things around the UK. Oh God, yeah. But in terms of another live show of my own, we'll have to see. I've I worked really hard on this first one and I want the second one in the future to be even bigger. We'd not come up with the format to uh to listeners, I promise I'm not getting ten percent. I, I absolutely <laughs> promise. But would you not come up come up with a format that you could take around the country? I think that'll be really cool. I'm definitely working towards that because I think this needs to be heard on a global level. No, I know this book is only you know is, is <laughs> hot off the press but I know I have a feeling that you, there's already an, another book in there isn't there Ooh. well the thing is I keep on saying to myself I'm not writing another book I need to let this simmer a bit I need to just live life in between but I think I have one book left in me however I want to write that book maybe after I have my first child I'm not pregnant now though but I do want to have a child but I would probably want to write something of that nature what about an astrology book <gasps> everyone keeps telling me to write an astrology book but you know what I come across people who have been studying astrology for like 20 plus years and it makes me think, nope, it's not my place to write about astrology. I still haven't learned enough about it. But the thing is, you can never know everything about everything anyway. And that's just me copying out. So that's me calling myself out there. You speak with such knowledge and passion and warmth about it. that, that it, it, As you were talking, I thought this, 
there's a book in this. I, do you know what? I think it'll be cool, especially because I use astrology as a way to put a meaning behind my behaviours. Because there are certain things that happen. You can say, oh, yeah, of course, when I was four, something horrible happened to me. So here's the, the trauma, the residual trauma. But there are other things that you might do. And it's not necessarily because of trauma. It could just be that's how you are. But you're never just how you are. There's always a reason behind why you are. And I'm always curious about finding that reason. So astrology helps me pinpoint that. Like, it makes sense that you're a Gemini because throughout this conversation, we've had, while we've, while we've stuck to the point of what we're discussing, we've, we've gone off on many tangents in a good way. And Geminis tend to do that because Geminis are really talky-talky. Um, so as much as some people don't believe in astrology because they feel like they don't match with their sun sign, that's because your sun sign is only about 10% of the picture there's a bigger picture behind who you are. Sure. And it's so fascinating because I use astrology when I don't have my therapist with me. Does that make sense? Because I only see my therapist once a week. It does make, it makes total, absolute sense. Yeah. So it means that when I'm not with her, I'm using, okay, I'm a Gemini moon. It means that I tend to go from other extremes and I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm quite restless in my way of processing my emotion. So it means that when I find myself spiraling over a thought for a while or feeling like a residual burn from something, I can put it down to the fact that it's in my nature to often process emotions in that way as a reflex, but it's my responsibility to change how I process my emotions in a way that's healthier. So your 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 astrological makeup isn't an excuse for why you're the way you are. It just shows you a map of your behaviours, but it means that you still have the tools to change those behaviours. Um, so well, I know that, I know the book is is aimed at girls, and as a, you know, my wife will be listening to this. My you know, close to my girls, but. Um, are, are you open to? I, I think you are helping men, and I'm I'm urging our male listeners to. I think they'll get a lot out of this. I honestly feel like I am just by existing. I'm helping men. Honestly, women make men better people. Full stop. Women make the world a better place. Full stop. Men are very lucky to have a planet where they get to share that with women, and I do think this book indirectly helps men because men won't always learn from what women say. They will always learn from what women do. So if women are developing different attitudes and ways of behaving and viewing situations and carrying themselves as a result of reading this book, that will have a direct effect on how men behave because men want closeness to women and they will do what's required to be close to a woman that they like. So if more women are changing the way they behave, then more men are automatically going to change anyway. So it is an indirect message to men, but it doesn't have to come from me to them for them to feel the results of it. Well, look, um, I was very close to my gran. I'm from a single-parent family. I was raised by my mom. I've been surrounded by strong women my, my whole life. And, you know, I wonder if that was one of the reasons why this book, you know, I sort of wanted to hug I'm it close. So you, know, you know what I mean? So uh, thanks very much and just uh, huge congrats with everything. And thanks, thanks for your time. Thanks so much for having me. Really I really loved you. this conversation. Thanks for You're such much. a great Gemini. <laughs> Bless you. Thanks a lot. Huge Take thanks care. to Chidera. Her book, as I say, is high quality. You can buy that it. That was so fun. Uh, directly from this episode. Uh, as ever, please spread the word. Tell your friends uh, on the socials. We are at Balance LDN. I am at James Gill Comedy. Our website is balance.media. Our new issue of Balance is out next Monday, the 9th of March. Um, and what a cover star. Once again, we have in store. Um, another episode will land on on uh, on Friday. Five star review and a positive write up. If you, if you've got a spare couple of minutes, it makes all the difference. So huge thanks 
Uh, and thank you again to to Slumflower and uh, and the guys that made it happen. I just thought she was wonderful. Um, anyway, have a wonderful week. Take care. Bye bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.